Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. I'm joined today and all week by Rudy Stinkowicz, and we're going to talk about various aspects in the pool industry. Mainly, we're going to talk about busting some of the myths or misbeliefs that are in the industry. But in this first podcast, we're going to talk mainly about using aluminum sulfate or alum or flock to lower the cyanuric acid level in your pool. Leslie's Pool Supplies is a proud partner of the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Leslie's Pool Supplies has been do-it-yourselfers and pool trade professionals' trusted partners since 1963, providing quality products and services to make pool care easy and solutions and expertise to do it right. So I'm joined by Rudy Stankowitz, and he is he does a lot of things. I'll let him introduce himself to you. That way you can get the full gambit of what he does in the industry. How you doing, Rudy? I'm doing good, David. How are you? Good. So uh, I guess I'll just start talking about me then because you paused. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> well, again, I'm Rudy Stankwitz. My company is Aquatic Facility Training and Consultants. I've been in the industry since 1991. So this April coming up will be 30 years for me. And like most people, I kind of fell into it. Um, I don't know if you bleep things. I was going to say ass backwards, but butt backwards works. But in either case, it wasn't. <laughs> I got out of the military, did not know how to transition my skills, and I was young and I needed a job and <clears throat> looked around for a little bit and saw that there was a pool store hiring and I went in and applied. I almost walked back out because I looked around and wasn't sure that was for me. Floats hung from the ceiling and all. But I like to eat, so I stayed, I filled out the application, and they offered me a position. Swore up and down I would keep looking. I ended up with that company for 10 years, uh, pool supplies. From there, I went into manufacturing. I worked for two different manufacturers in the pool industry. Started my own service company after that in North Central Florida, and I operated that for nearly seven or eight years before I left and went into education and consulting and here i am now yeah and so that's one of the main things that you you're part of is the cpo course that you offer and you want to go over explain to the audience what the cpo course is a lot of pool guys don't even know what that means and why they should be certified and what your class offers them well i do i do teach the cpo class i teach some other classes as well uh, the CPO certification class, uh, there's, it's, it provides a really, really good foundation for everything that we do in the industry. I'm going to say from A to Z, but it's a foundation. You don't leave the class an expert, um, but you do leave with a better platform on which to grow, which is fantastic. The course is required by, I believe, 26 states, the health departments in 26 states, and they require it in order for somebody to maintain chemically treat, clean, a commercial swimming pool, a public swimming pool. So it's not something that's required for residential pools. Although a lot of residential service 
companies, guys and gals, the professionals there do come and take the class for the education. Um, like I said, it goes from troubleshooting to chemical dosing, calculating gallonage, uh, even through a bunch of safety stuff. And I like to mix it up a little bit and include a bunch of real life experiences in with the class. I have that background, so I think I can bring that to the table. And I do think that that helps folks to relate a little bit better. And, and when I had my service company, it wasn't all commercial, it wasn't all residential. It was uh, pretty much a 50-50 mix. So I did get my hands wet, no pun, well, a little bit of a pun. <laughs> I did get my hands wet on both ends. So I do feel questions from that angle well. And like I said, I do like to bring that into the class. The other thing I like to do, non-COVID times, is a lot of hands-on in the classes. There's a lot of poolside. There's a lot of pump room. Um, I try to teach as much as I can at the pool. Or in, I like to talk about filters standing in front of one, not looking at a PowerPoint. I like to talk about the pump standing in front of one, feeders, uh, ORP, all of those things where you can actually see it, touch it, feel it, that type of thing. Now, since the pandemic has come through and we've moved to an online platform, I've had to readjust. I'm one of those teachers that moves around a lot. So for me to sit in front of a camera, even like we're doing now, um, it took, took some education in getting here. It took some a retraining of myself to get to this point without me trying to stand up and walk away from the front of the screen. But I have been teaching the classes now 100% online since the pandemic has occurred, which is good and bad. It's, 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 it's not, you know, there's not obviously not as much hands-on, although a lot of the chemistry experiments that I would do in class with pool chemicals and all relating to pool chemistry, I can still do those. Um, <clears throat> but it does also broaden my market, my audience, because now I can teach folks in your area. I can teach folks in the Northeast. I have students from Europe, um, Asia, South America that now sit in class. And before to get to those folks, they would have to fly me out there, um, which I've done in each of those locations. It's just this, this is um, instead of a private class for maybe 30 people, now the individual in Germany can jump on board, take the class if they want to, instead of having to have 30 friends and then cover the cost of flying someone out. So so there is, there is that. Um, I was going to say real quick before uh, you continue, you think after this pandemic's over, is it, are they going to allow CPO classes to stay online? I think so, but it's going to vary state to state is what it's going to come down to. Right now, pretty much every state allows the online CPO certification with the exception of Montana. Okay. And you were Montana. talking about certification. I started to interrupt you there. That's okay. <clears throat> so they... Um, they don't allow it, but everybody else does at this point in time. But there are um, some of the states have put um, an expiration date on the time in which they'll allow it. So, for example, Georgia was initially approved up until October 1st of this year, which was yesterday now. Um, <clears throat> but they've extended it now out until April of next year. So I don't know if they'll extend it again or they're just going to say in April of next year, that's it. It's all face to face right now. Florida has approved it forever. Hmm. So rolling forward in Florida, that's something that definitely can continue. And you see that um, 
that mix pretty much across the states. A lot of them allowing it going forward. A lot of them have put an end date in place for it. Okay. And so you want to give out your information so people that are interested in jumping I'm on right now? I'm easy to find. I actually shifted some things around. I know you know I had a bunch of nice long URLs that were um, hard to remember and took a lot of typing. That's, you know, what you do. <laughs> but now I've actually, I've acquired cpoclass.com and I've consolidated. So my classes are there. My, um, the blog site that I maintain is there. Um, pretty much everything is, is right there. Nice and easy to get to. It's cpoclass.com. So it's also easy to remember. Uh, so I have that. Um, you know, of course, everybody's always welcome to reach me on LinkedIn. It's it's just my name, um, R. Stankowitz at LinkedIn. Or you can get me on our Facebook group. We have the Facebook group Talking Pools, which is easy to find also. So just search for Talking Pools in your search bar on Facebook. Find the group. Join. It's a great place to talk about a lot of stuff. We have a lot of cool things going on in there. I like to think we're not your typical Facebook group. Not that there's anything wrong with any of the others. They're all fantastic. But we actually um, do experiments out in the field and we test different products or different methods and try to prove um, different means of chemical um, filtration, et cetera, out in the field. So we don't, um, for example, and, and I know you mentioned this earlier, one of the things we've been doing is we've um, right now been running trials with aluminum sulfate on its ability to lower cyanuric acid. So last summer, I, not this past one, the year prior, I wanted to see if we could come up with a way to drop cyanuric acid chemically. And one of the things that I happen to have and that I'm very familiar with that I used for quite some time is alum aluminum sulfate. And that's the main ingredient in the chemical that most people know as flock. Um, with this chemical, uh, the main reason I had used it in the past was for the green to clean scenario, right? I did it a lot with foreclosures and bank-owned properties back in 2008, 2009 in that last recession. And <clears throat> I'd remembered back when I first started in the industry, aluminum sulfate was a very common thing to see on the shelves in the pool stores. Uh, then the blue liquid stuff, the water clarifier came in and it kind of pushed the alum off the shelf because most folks would think that alum was overkill. But I would use that. I brought that back and it gave me a marketable point of difference. And, and that's huge in the industry, especially for your listeners that are just starting out um, with pool service companies. That is one of the big things that I always like to talk about as a marketable point of difference. I would go in and compete head to head with the drain and fill guys, except with me, if the realtor went with me and my bid, we didn't have to drain the pool. What I would do is I would treat it chemically, drop everything out, and then a slow vac to waste. And I would go in at the same price. I would spend maybe an hour and a half on site. They would spend whatever the greater part of a day or two. And the realtors loved me because they didn't have to pay for water on top of it. So anyway, so I happen to have this. And I decided to experiment with it a little bit, different pH, different water temperature, different quantities. And I actually got to the point where I was able to drop the cyanuric acid level of three pools by 50%, which doesn't bring it to zero. But if you're at 100 and you want to bring it down to 50% without draining it, that would be great. I don't by any means consider success in three pools as being proven. 
not by any means. Three pools out of however many, whatever, thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands that are in the country. Um, so I brought it to our Facebook group and said, hey, look, here's where we're at. I'm not funded. I don't do this because I get paid to look at alum or anything. I just want to make the industry better. I want to give the folks that are out there more tools to help them do their job to make their routes a little quicker, a little bit safer, make their businesses a little bit more profitable. So I put this out to the to the group and I said, hey, look, this is what I found, but I need folks to help me test it. So what's been going on since that point is different folks throughout the group not hundreds of them, but I'll say dozens, when they get a pool that has cyanuric acid, now they've been treating it with alum and then they've been reporting back their results. And of course, they're going with the quantity that I spoke about, which is actually the same quantity used at water treatment centers um, at uh, 100 parts per million of alum is basically what we use and the same quantity there. And that's the, you know, as they pull the water from the reservoir before they treat it further, they treat it with alum basically for the same reasons, you know, that I used in the foreclosures. It just really drops out everything, including crypto, arsenic, um, even phosphates alum will take out. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we started using it for that. And so far, all of the results have been very positive folks coming back and on average it looks like the drop is going to be 50 percent um temperatures above 90 degrees i think the percentage was a little bit lower so the sweet spot seems to be between 70 and 90 degrees ph is 7.0 and we've been having some pretty good luck with that so what was the uh the formula that you as far as size of the pool how much of the flock to you. We started going in, and this is one of those things too. If you have folks that are listening and they're not prepared to handle removing aluminum sulfate or what it is, it's aluminum hydroxide, which forms um, when you add alum to the water, and it's the hydro the metallic hydroxide that settles everything out, but it does settle it out in a thick sludge. So what I would say is that if you're not prepared, vacuum that out. <clears throat> to waste properly, usually requiring, I mean, your own vac pump, not through somebody's filter system, that type of thing, I wouldn't take it on. But the dose we would use is 8.33 pounds per 10,000 gallons of water. Okay. That's a lot of, that's a lot of flock. It is a lot of flock, but you know, one of the things, and, and I know right now we're thinking in our heads, you know, well, that two pound container they sell in the pool store is 20 bucks. This is a lot of money, but what we did was we, um, through distribution, started bringing in aluminum sulfate that was earmarked for water treatment centers, and I was buying 50-pound bags for 25 bucks. So eight pounds, all of a sudden, really isn't that much anymore, mm -hmm. and at least cost-wise. So the cost in chemicals is going to be less than $10. You know, if you can get your distributor to bring that in, if you're using the two-pound containers of flock. You know, it's going to be expensive. The same thing if you're buying online instead of local, you should always buy local. But if you're buying online instead of local, you're going to get hammered on freight because it's a heavy product. So there's that cost as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the draining of a pool is a lot of customers are so opposed to it. I'm not exactly sure how this happened. I think it's mainly because it's not something that's commonly promoted. I had a guy in my group couple of years ago in Texas draining a lot of pools and he would get a lot of cancellations from customers because a pool guy would show up and say oh you don't need to drain this thing it's perfectly fine and I think this of course I tried the bioactive stuff and that's really hit and miss more miss and hit and I think draining a pool um, 
is kind of uh, not politically correct in a lot of areas, especially California. And you're draining a pool here as you get you, your neighbors look at you like you're some kind of anti-environmentalist, you know. <laughs> and so I think this is a great option. And if you can get the if well, you get the aluminum sulfate at that bulk price, um, you can promote this as a way to do it. But is there like a chemical process that this actually happens or? Well, we think there is. Again, I'm a pool guy. I'm not a chemist. So as far as my ability to look at things under a microscope, it's limited. But um, just before we jump into that, um, California is one of the reasons why we started looking into it. Obviously, people would rather swim in water than chemicals. So drain and fill, starting out fresh, is always a great option unless you can't. And sometimes on that on on the West Coast, you guys do face water restrictions and we face that throughout the country as well for different reasons. And this is when that would be a great option. Um, you know, we're testing it now. Um, high groundwater levels is another reason we want to wouldn't want to take the water out of a pool. And of course, anyone who is listening that is thinking about draining a pool, I would suggest that they either are or if it's a res homeowner, they hire a professional who is familiar with groundwater levels and also with the installation of well points. So then that way they don't have to worry about a pool popping up out of the ground. Now, back to your question with the alum, what we think is happening, um, obviously I don't, I don't think the cyanuric acid is getting caught in the metallic hydroxide that's dropping everything out to the bottom. We don't think that's what's occurring. Um, although a lot of stuff does get caught up in that, like we said, phosphates and crypto giardia a lot of and all the algae and muck can drops that out but in this case what i think is happening is where i think we're actually creating a new compound that's fairly insoluble that may be getting caught up in that metallic hydroxide because there are things there are a lot of um aluminum compounds that are not soluble and I think this might be similar. And I think what we're actually creating, similar to copper cyanurate, not being soluble, soluble and settling out, I think we're actually creating some form of aluminum cyanurate, which is somewhat insoluble. And that's how we're able to drop it out. And the copper cyanurate that you mentioned is that purple dusting you see when copper and high cyanuric acid levels yes, combine. Yes, we used to call that purple haze back in the day. It would form... Uh, little reddish purple blotchy stains about the pool but if you actually looked at it under under a microscope they kind of almost look like amethyst like the gem mm -hmm. um, and that's really really difficult to get off of a pool when that does occur um, I have another story on that if you have time for it yeah I was gonna say um, so you know cyanuric does bond with other things that that makes sense that it would have some kind of reaction well we've known for years that we could actually use melamine to pull cyanuric acid from solution and that's pretty much exactly the way our test for cyanuric acid works. If we're using a visual determination test, the one that makes the water cloudy where you look for the dot, that test solution is melamine. And when melamine comes in contact with cyanuric acid, it forms a new compound, melamine cyanurate, which is insoluble. And the more cyanuric acid you have, the more melamine cyanurate you get. And when you have insoluble objects in water, they make the water cloudy. So that's exactly how that one test works. It's just by, um, you know, just a different complex, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so you mentioned that the, the, you had a story about the purple dusting. Since we're talking about cyanuric acid, and this is a big thing in the industry now, especially with the tablet shortage coming up 
and the overuse of cyanuric acid in a lot of areas, I think, just by the fact that that's how we do things. You know, it's hard to maintain a pool in the hot regions, Arizona, California, Texas, without using tablets. It's, it becomes simple um, without some kind of system besides that. So the high cyanuric acid, of course, is something that we deal with here in California and the West Coast and probably Florida to some extent. Um, so what was what were you going to say about that the dusting? Well, uh, well, back and forth, we come up with a lot of great topics. We really do. Um, automation is the key in that in in that scenario, it, but it's expensive and it's not something that homeowners are used to. So the folks that are out there um, selling automation, they're going to have less problems with cyanuric acid because they do have a Cal Hypo delivery system, a bleach delivery system, or even your saltwater pools. Um, delivering uh, chlorine through any of those methods are not increasing the cyanuric acid levels. And looking at a tablet shortage, um, you know, it th those are also viable options there. Um, I was going to say, um, so copper cyanurate, we know about it in swimming pools. We know what causes it. You have a high cyanuric acid level and you have a high copper level. You get this new compound, copper cyanurate, which is insoluble and it precipitates out and you get this crystal-like staining, the blotchy staining all over the pool. So a couple of years ago, there was these um, researchers, they were in Peru up on the side of a mountain. And what they find is these little purple crystals under bat guano bat poop, basically what it is. So they take it back to their lab and they go through all the um, spectrographic what have you to figure out what the compounds are and pretty much dead on copper cyanurate. So they call it joannamite. You can find it, it's searchable, um, joannamite in Peru. And uh, I mean, I can only theorize that there must have been some natural copper right in the mountain on the side in the crack in the rock and the bat guano we know that cyanuric acid is produced through heat degradation of urea so i can only assume that it had a certain level of urea and either over years and years and years or through fermentation or through the sun beating on it it heat, heated up degraded became cyanuric acid then with the copper and what you get is copper cyanurate on the side of a mountain in Peru, and they're looking at it as a new discovery. However, we've been growing it in poorly maintained pools for decades. <laughs> so, so that's out there. But yeah, so I thought it was kind of interesting because it is pretty much spot on um, the same that we have there. It's funny. They just have to come to California and look at half a dozen pools here, and they'll find that we discovered it 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so so I hate to take their their uh, claim to fame away from them, but uh, they weren't the first with that uh, joannamite thing. I think your your thing about lowering the cyanuric acid with the aluminum sulfate is something that's going to revolutionize this this time when we're again. I'll go back to that tripolar so. shortage. I you know? hope so, because I know. Um, we've been looking for a means to chemically lower cyanuric acid for a long, long time. One of the benefits or one of the things about aluminum that's cool is because it does form that aluminum hydroxide that settles on the bottom of the floor and you vacuum it to waste is it's not leaving a high level of aluminum in the water. See, that's another thing that we're doing so far when we're out there. If it's done correctly, which is another reason why if we're not familiar with it, we shouldn't just wing it. But if it's done correctly, what we're finding is, is that the residual aluminum left in the water is pretty much nil, which is great because that's where we want it. Our goal is not to introduce a new metal into the water that stays there. 
Um, so it does, I mean, it is a little picky in the method that you added, but it's not like rocket scientists, so it is possible. But I would suggest that before somebody just pick it up on their own, take a look at my site. I have an article on it in cpoclass.com or jump into Talking Pools group and just say, hey, how do you do this stuff? Then a bunch of the folks who've already gone through it and have done it can, can, can walk somebody through it. And I'd rather see somebody do it that way than just toss it in and cross their fingers. I hope you found this podcast interesting and you'll stay tuned for the other four parts in the series. In the other four parts, we're going to be talking about myths in the industry and unpacking some of the common myths that you may have heard or learned in the industry. So you can join me for those parts. If you're looking for the other parts in the series, you go to my website, swimmingprolearning.com. Click on the podcast show icon. This will take you to the list of the podcasts that I recorded recently and you're going to see the five podcasts that I recorded with Rudy listed there with this one here along with the other podcast. You can find Rudy Stankowitz's website where he offers his online CPO classes, also a CPO practice test, and also his advanced chemistry class by going to cpoclass.com. Again, that's cpoclass.com. You can also find his Facebook group by typing in Talking Pools on Facebook. And if you're just starting out or you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great your week and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.